Well, here we are, second episode. Uh, before we start, I would like to thank everyone who tuned in to the first episode. We got a lot of positive feedback, so thank you. All right, as promised, the uh, second episode uh, would be an introduction type of deal. As you can see, uh, today will be a solo podcast, so I'm by myself. So first off, my name is Vincent Benitez. I am a Jeet Kune Do instructor under Sifu Torres. And if you're just tuning in right now, if you don't know what Jeet Kune Do is, Jeet Kune Do, in translation from Cantonese, is the way of the intercepting fist. It was developed by Bruce Lee, none other. Uh, most of you would know him from the movies Enter the Dragon, The Way of the Dragon, Game of Death, uh, Fist of Fury, uh, The Big Boss, that guy. So a uh, little bit of background uh, about me before we start. Before I got into martial arts, I was trying to get into the music industry, uh, specifically the hip-hop music industry. So I was trying to be a hip-hop artist, uh, an MC. Uh, mostly know it as a rapper. I did three original songs. I was on mixtapes. I performed on shows. I did battles. Uh, I was paying my dues. Um, not until around 2005, I started to feel that the music industry wasn't for me anymore. I was doing it since I was... <laughs> I was in my teenage years trying to make a name for myself. So in uh, 2005, I enrolled myself into a Kung Fu school near where I, I lived. Uh, the Kung Fu I was studying was a long fist. I believe it's part of Wushu. Believe it or not, from the time that I got in till the time that I got out of that long fist class, we were doing forms of the Ying Yang. Every week, forms over and over and over again, which I didn't really mind. Uh, it actually brought me a lot of discipline, uh, just getting in there every week and doing the movements over and over and over again until I got it right. So after a while, I started to doubt the martial arts kung fu school that I was studying. In. The Sihing, who is the big brother of the school, he was running the uh, kung fu school. So it was very rare that we saw the Sifu, which is the father of the martial arts school. Uh, the only time that we did see the Sifu was a uh, belt ceremony. So every six months, there's a belt ceremony. We test for the belt and we move on to the next level. So there was a, a rare time or there was a, a particular moment where the Sifu came to school and did a self-defense seminar. I was excited because I actually wanted to learn how to defend myself ever since I started with this Kung Fu school. But as I said previous, every week we were just doing forms, no self-defense techniques, no, no, not even sparring at the moment. Uh, when the Sifu did this self-defense uh, seminar, uh, number one, we were excited, as I said before. So we were training these particular uh, self-defense techniques, I was not getting it, meaning it wasn't practical for me. It wasn't efficient. And in the back of my head, I was wondering if this would help me survive a fight. 
there was one particular uh, moment where I raised my hand and asked the Sifu if all these forms that we were doing were instrumental to our self-defense training. And the Sifu said that within the form, there are secret self-defense techniques that would help us win the fight. Bullshit. <laughs> because unfortunately, whatever techniques that he was teaching, more or less, it was not what I thought it was. So that's when I felt that the school was not for me. And also I felt that the forms that we were doing in this Kung Fu school wasn't for me either. Not saying that it's not it's bad, it's just the forms wasn't for me. So a month, two months later, I injured my back. I injured my back doing the forms. For some reason, I twisted the wrong way or moved the wrong way. And I felt some sort of sharp pain in my lower back. And it suddenly pain shooted right down my right leg. And I couldn't, I couldn't walk. So, okay. So I took a couple of weeks off. I told the seeing of the school that uh, I had a lower back pain. And, you know, if I felt that if, if I kept going to the school, I would, you know, f injure it further. So he told me, okay, take a couple of weeks off. Took a couple of weeks off, tried to heal it, ice, nothing. So I went to the doctor. He took some x-rays and he told me that I had a herniated disc coming out of my spine. And I asked him, what, did that, what does that mean? He said that the disc is bulging out and that's why I was feeling the pain from my lower back to the back of my leg. So I asked him, so how do we get this done? How do we, how do we fix this? He told me, you know, options. I would have to do physical therapy. Um, I would have to get some sort of massage therapy as well or surgery. <laughs> uh, when he said surgery, I, I felt that that was, that was not an option. So I was doing the physical therapy and the massage therapy nothing. It just felt like it was getting worse all the time. I mean, it would be great for three or four hours and then boom, back to, back to, you know, the pain. So I uh, told the seeing of the school that I was not returning, that back injury was not getting better. So I went to my doctor again and he told me that um, instead of getting surgery, I could get a cortisone shot. And I asked him, how, how does that work? He told me that uh, they put the shot right near my spine and it would alleviate the pain or swelling. So somehow the disc might go back into the spine or something in that fashion. I was like, okay, I got the shot. Uh, a couple of days later, I felt fine. However, I, in the back of my head, I, I felt that, you know, I needed to get more rest. So for a year, in a few months, I wasn't doing anything. I was just working. I was doing exercises. I kind of, uh, you know, maintained the weight that I wanted. However, I was still itching to do martial arts. So I went on the internet. And mind you, back in the day, Google was not present. It was more of a Yahoo search engine. And with the search, it was very, very limited. There was uh, martial arts that was away from where I lived and there was martial arts that was not appealing to me. So I searched a martial art that didn't have any forms. 
because doing forums is what got me in, in this mess in the first place with the back injury. So I checked in karate. I checked in judo, aikido, kung fu. All of them had forums and I didn't want to deal with forums. My search for a martial art that didn't have a form, it didn't get me anywhere. So I kept on searching. I didn't give up. I still wanted to learn martial art, how to protect myself. And then within my research, I came to find Jeet Kune Do. And when I further looked into Jeet Kune Do, uh, it read the formless form. And that actually piqued my interest. The formless form, what, what did that mean? I come to find out that Jeet Kune Do was developed by Bruce Lee. It explained that Jeet Kune Do is a scientific street fighting martial art designed for self-protection, being simple, direct, and non-classical. And I thought to myself, this is what I need to do. So I looked for any Jeet Kune Do schools around my way. Nada. So I came in contact with this person in Florida. His name was Victor. And he was studying Jeet Kune Do. So I told him about my situation of how I was trying to find a teacher to teach me Jeet Kune Do, and there was no teachers in New Jersey. So uh, he referred me to a teacher upstate New York named Richard Torres. So he had a website. I looked him up. Uh, he was located in Fishkill, New York. And under his bio, it read that he was a student and a Jeet Kune Do certified instructor under Ted Wong. And I was surprised because I knew who Ted Wong was, but didn't really know his history. So my other research led me to trying to find out who Ted Wong was, which was in a way enlightening because Ted Wong was one of the students that Bruce Lee taught Jeet Kune Do before he passed. And also that Ted Wong, he didn't have any prior martial arts. So he, Ted Wong did not have to unlearn anything. So I got into contact with uh, Richard Torres through email. And we got into a conversation of, you know, who I was, uh, if I had any martial arts experience and uh, where I lived. And I told him I lived in New Jersey um, as per MapQuest at the time that was big, that I lived 60 something miles from where I lived to his school. Uh, he told me if I would take the drive and train with him for a private lesson, then he would accept me to uh, come to a school. I said, yes. Uh, we decided the day. I traveled <laughs> upstate New York. And mind you, I didn't have a GPS because GPS wasn't made back then. Well, f during that time for me. I had a piece of paper that had written directions how to get to school. So imagine me driving and holding up the paper at the same time trying to find the school. So I got to the school, met Richard Torres, and we started the lesson and changed my perspective of fighting, unarmed combat. It changed everything for me. Uh, he taught me everything from the stance to the straightly punch to the interception, Jeet Kune Do. Again, Jeet Kune Do, the way of intercepting fist, he taught me how to intercept 
an incoming attack with an attack of my own. I was sold. So I asked him that if he did any classes during the weekend because I couldn't come during the week. And especially if I'm coming from New Jersey, 60 something miles, I need to at least come once a week to train with him. And he told me that there was a semi-private class on Saturdays starting at 10. And I would be welcome to, to train with him and all his other students. As a guest. So I've been coming every Saturday from New Jersey to upstate New York, 60 something miles, hour and a half drive, and train with Richard Torres in Fishkill for the last 14 plus years. Best decision I ever made. So in 2014, I was invited to an instructor's breakfast by Sifu, Richard Torres on a Sunday. So I went to the restaurant on Sunday, met up with seafood and the instructors, talked about chicken dough and Bruce Lee. And suddenly Sifu took out a bag filled with gifts. So um, he started giving the gifts to all the instructors. And he came up to me, he said, Oh, Vincent, I'm sorry. I can't give you a gift because you're not an instructor. And I was like, Sifu, not a problem. I, I don't have a gift for you. I don't give, have a gift for anyone. I'm just glad that you invited me and, you know, here celebrating, you know, this time with you guys. And then Sifu's like, okay, so why don't you take this? So he gave this package in my hand. So I opened up the package and I pulled out a Jikendo instructor certificate with my name on it. I was, I don't know, I was surprised. Listen, when I started Jikendo, my main goal was to learn how to defend myself. Never in my mind that I ever wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be the best at Jikendo. That was my path. That was something since the beginning I started martial arts that this is a life that I'm leading to be the best, the most efficient, the most practical Jikendo martial artist ever. I know that's a, a big goal or uh, a pipe dream, but it didn't matter. It was, that's my goal. It wasn't anybody else's goal. And side note, at this point on, I'm, I'm still a student of Jeet Kune Do. I'm always going to be a student. No matter what level we are in life, training never stops, right? And learning never ends. So uh, back to this uh, certificate, I, I didn't know what to say. I looked at Sifu and I was like, thank you. So I got up in my seat and I hugged him. And everybody's, you know, saying congratulations, congratulations. I said, thank you, thank you. And I was still looking at it like it was gold, I found. like, uh, <laughs> Or, you know, a lost artifact, you know. I, it was just weird. So I put it back into the package and I took it out again to make sure my name was on it. And then I put it back and I just, you know, gently placed it on my lap and, and just try to focus on what I was doing because it was just unreal. Um, after uh, we ate breakfast and everybody started to go, uh, Sifu said, congratulations. <laughs> and I said, thank you again. And I hugged the guy again. It was just, I was just, 
I don't know. I was, you know, in my own place where, you know, it felt like I was dreaming. So by the time 2016 came by, uh, that time actually changed my life forever. So I was invited to the Netherlands by Sifu Richard Torres to a seminar he does every year. So I'm, I'm at the seminar with Sifu and helping him teach the seminar. Um, met a lot of great people. And uh, the plan was after the Netherlands that we took a trip to Hong Kong. If you didn't listen to the first episode, I suggest you do because uh, this was my second time going to Hong Kong and this was Sifu's first time going to Hong Kong. So when we got to Hong Kong, it was me, Sifu, and uh, our friend, James Terbeek. For some odd reason, I was complaining about work. I don't know why I was complaining about work. And suddenly Sifu said, so why don't you open up a school? I looked at him and I brushed it off because, you know, sometimes I don't know when Sifu was kidding, but I, he was kidding. So I start complaining about work and then, you know, and then we just, you know, walked off somewhere and did our uh, tour or sightseeing. And I believe later on that night, I started just complaining about work again. I don't know why in a, in a different country, it seems like the problem about what I do always gonna, was always bugging me. And then Sifu said, so, okay, so when you open up your school, you do this, you do this, and, do, and you do that. I looked at him, I'm like, is he for real? <laughs> so, like, all right, whatever. So, you know, and then the next uh, two days go by, and then I was wondering, okay, if he's for real, maybe I should ask him one more time and then see where he's at of me opening up a school. During our talks in Hong Kong, I casually said, well, Sifu, if I open up the school, what do I have to do first? And then Sifu gave me all these plans, this list of what to do first, uh, what I should be doing uh, with the payments and the students, and you know, I should have a kid's class. And, and I was like, okay, wait a minute. I think he's for real about this. He wants me to open up a school. So by the end of the trip, we were in Hong Kong for five days. At the end of the trip, I wanted to really, really make sure that he was serious about me opening up a school. So I brought up, uh, I brought up asking him, saying, so how do I look for uh, a place? And then he told me the story about how he found the school in Fishkill with James Terbeek. And he told me you have to uh, find a place where, you know, it's not too big and it's not too small. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I guess I'm opening up a school. So when I got back to the States, my first uh, plan to execute to opening up the school was to come up with a name. I had a lot of rough drafts that I wrote on paper and uh, one of them was the Stopping Fist Way Institute. 
And I felt that it wasn't jiving with me. It wasn't, it didn't appeal to me. Um, I wanted to have a name that would uh, be recognizable and not have people think about what this was. But uh, the words, the intercepting fist appealed to me because obviously it, in Cantonese it says Chikundo. So I mixed the words around and I came up with fist of interception and that was it. So I named the school the Fist of Interception Institute. So I got together with an accountant who was my wife's friend. Uh, we came up with the LLC and boom, I was in business. So I found a place in Paramus, uh, a hall. And in September of 2016, that's when the Fist of Interception was established and I've been teaching since then. And it has been an interesting, great and fulfilling journey. And at this point, we're going on to five years, a great accomplishment because I feel that all the time that I teach Chicken Do to my students, it's been an eye-opening experience for them as it was for an eye-opening experience for me when I learned Chicken Do way back when I met with Sifu Richard Torres. Now you know a little bit of my history. So let's get into what the Nucleus Initiative is. So in 1996, uh, Linda Lee Cadwell, uh, which is uh, Bruce Lee's wife, gathered most of Bruce Lee's students and formed an organization called the Nucleus, which I thought was a pretty cool name for a group, the Nucleus. Um, so I took that name, The Nucleus, and named it after the podcast, this podcast. So The Nucleus was okay name so far, but I had to add something after that. And I just put initiative right after. So the podcast, The Nucleus Initiative, was born. Now, The Nucleus, what their goal was, in 1996, Linda Lee and the organization that she formed with Bruce Lee students was to perpetuate Bruce Lee's philosophies and Jeet Kune Do properly to the masses. And I felt that maybe I should continue what they were perpetuating for Bruce and in hopes for people to understand what Jeet Kune Do really is. At this time, Jeet Kune Do has been confused with a lot of things that it's a mixed martial art, that is just a philosophy more than a martial art. There are people who think that whatever Bruce Lee was doing in the movies, that they can teach that and name it Jeet Kune Do. It's uh, a mess. And hopefully that this podcast would help bring some understanding to what Bruce Lee was trying to convey to everyone in hopes to have some sort of common ground to what Jeet Kune Do is for other people to be interested in and to learn from. I believe sometimes that the philosophy takes over and the translation in it gets confusing. 
first off, Jeet Kune Do is using the science of the human body to help protect yourself in a violent encounter. Uh, many believe that they could bring other martial arts techniques or movements into Jeet Kune Do, and that's Jeet Kune Do in itself. This podcast, you'll learn to know the difference and learn to know the facts. And this may trigger a lot of other martial artists who uh, train in Jeet Kune Do. But let's, let's try to get to the root of everything that we're learning and see where this will take us because I feel sometimes that even learning from books can confuse us. But if you have the proper teacher, which is not me, I'm just a vehicle or the proper path or the, the proper person pointing the way would help us understand what you can do is. But don't get it twisted. Even though that this podcast uh is a vehicle for Jeet Kune Do and Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee's philosophy. I'm also going to have uh, interviews uh, from Jeet Kune Do instructors, uh, other martial artists who were influenced by Jeet Kune Do or by Bruce Lee, and you know have uh, reviews on you know uh, martial art films, uh, Bruce Lee films, um, anyone who has been inspired by Bruce Lee, and just a have some sort of a, a variety on this podcast instead of just having one particular uh, topic or one particular view. I want us to have a lot of uh, topics that we can discuss, um, self-defense topics. Uh, I want us to have uh, another uh, type of um, area where we could enjoy uh Bruce Lee collectibles or anything that to, to make sure that whenever you listen to the podcast, that you'll get something out of it, especially when it comes down to Bruce Lee. And now um, everyone was asking who my co-host was on the first episode. Uh, just to let you know, uh, the co-host was my student, Ivan. He's actually my first student. He's been with me since 2016, so he's been with me for five years. I uh, felt that in the first episode, we didn't do any, any type of introduction because I wanted to get into the topics of Bruce Lee, Jeet Kune Do, see you know, how we interact with each other and how, uh, what direction we should be going into. And I've and from the feedback that we got was great. So you'll see, you'll be seeing a lot of him uh, on other episodes. Um, also, he won't be the only co-host. I'm gonna have other co-hosts too, uh, him and other people. So you'll get a variety of co-hosts. So I wanna follow some sort of format where I should have just one particular co-host all the time. So I like to change it up a bit. So break that rhythm. Right, I'm trying to figure out what else that I have to cover. If I didn't cover it, then most likely I'll cover it in the next episode or in some other episode. Okay, so I believe that's it, right? If I miss anything uh, or you have any questions or comments, email us at the nucleusinitiative at gmail.com. Uh, 
when you do, it might get read over on an episode. I'm thinking of doing a question and answer on one episode. So I'll have my student Ivan with me and maybe another co-host or just me and just answer all these questions. Anything about Bruce Lee, anything about uh, Jeet Kune Do or his movies or any interviews you want me to do or what you want to see or hear on the podcast, just let us know. All right. Um, just like the first episode, I want to end off with the last words. Uh, just the way that you heard it from Ivan, he talked about his wife. So I believe the last word should be something that's not pertaining to uh, Jeet Kune Do or Bruce Lee. So here are my last words of the episode. Watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. It is a fantastic movie. Better than the first version that was directed by Joss Whedon. I know a lot of people who watched it loved it. A lot of people who didn't, and I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, but watch this movie. Uh, if you're a DC fan and love comic books and uh, felt that uh, the first version of the Justice League should have been better, this is better. Four hours of greatness, all right? See you later. Allow me to reintroduce myself, my name is...